you come from a family of uh, artists, or give me a little bit about your yeah, background. Yeah. Okay. So the um, I grew up only with my mother, but well, my mother is an artist. She was always painting and listening to much music, especially Bach and Mozart. And she comes from a musician's family, so her mother was a pianist, but she died long ago. So I, I had no contact. I mean, I, I didn't know knew my grandmother and uh, several of my uncles were musician two already dead and one uncle was was a composer did you always know you're going to be a musician you you're one of the rare people who actually i mean speaking of bach you know yeah. like total musical family like everybody everybody but your mother who was still an artist and there are still others that are not musicians of okay, but still yeah. most what, yeah, what some, percentage yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot. Yeah. So did you always know? I, I knew it, but it wasn't because of my uncles or something. It was just, um, I grew up with my, my mother and, and also in this house, there was, um, there was my, uh, recorder teacher. She was our, how do you say, famita. Landlord. Yeah. She also, uh, lived in this house. And her daughter was living above us and she was a singer. <laughs> so it was just the house was music, you know. And I started playing the recorder, I think when I was seven or eight or something. And I just run down the stair and I, we made music. I, I remember that with five, um, I didn't play the piano, but we had this piano because my mother was playing sometimes. And uh, I always um, thought I, uh, I would tell stories on the piano. Like uh, I played thunderstorm, so I made the um, the thunder really, you know, like dark chords yeah. on hammering, and then uh, the flashes, you know, like this was one of my favorite uh, games. And then I played something like the sun would come and raindrops, and in the middle. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about this ultra piece. Yeah, it's memory and places. <laughs> so it's Just... really, it's, it's, it's very strange because there are many, many connections and many not connections. But this is what it's for me about because, um, from every person you, you meet can see only pieces or, I mean, if, even if you, um, if you have friends, you, you still, even if you are very close, you can see only fragments from them. You know, you never get the whole story of something. Oh, okay. Even, not of yourself. Do yeah, you have a yeah, whole yeah. story of yourself? No. No, no, no. Sure. <laughs> of course I'm, not. I'm, I'm sure so, have, so for yeah. me, it was, um, I, what I'm, I'm looking for lately is I don't like, you know, the, like the typical ABA dramaturgy or, you know, like going to the climax and then, you know, whatsoever. I just, I, I'm trying to find new forms. Well, it's good that you're using text to do that mm -hmm. and that you're using kind of pieces of text. Mm -hmm. to make that kind of non-linearity make sense. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's possible to do that without text? Uh, I think so. Also, there is no text. I mean, um, all the pieces, are there's no, no singer or, or anything. Oh, they're just instrumental pieces? Yeah, that, it's oh, I all, thought... this, all seven pieces are just instrumental. Yeah, the text is inside in the structure. Is it a goal of yours to communicate this idea, this, this kind of bits and pieces of fragments and memories? Yeah, a little bit. And this is why I used the... Um, I used the, uh, you know, stage design or something. So that's why I'm working with an artist because she should, um, my idea was that you have a stage design 
where you know like everything is the design like the instruments the because i'm also using other objects in my music like uh, for example the the chamberlist the harpsichord player plays an old typewriter in one piece or so they're like the real instruments and then they are using different instruments that are not really instruments or like these instruments i wanted her to build for me it's really a lot on the stage so, so so you're so you're using objects on the stage that give the that gives the audience associations exactly you know? and she's like very, also very, yeah. very very provocative thing for people to see someone making the noise of a typewriter um, so this is all very, very visual, and that's kind of how you're bringing the idea exactly. In. And she's also because it's seven pieces and always a different setting, so we are u really using the space. And she will make a kind of design that will, you know, like show rooms or that that the music is wandering, you know, like different places in the room. So this is this this really is kind of bordering on music theater. If not completely, yeah. completely going into it, but it's it's you know? not music theater because they are not actors. Yeah. You see, it's yeah. just it's just yeah, but it's on the border. So I I mean I just kind of want to get back to this question because I mean this is just me being kind of you know skeptical. I, I always wonder if just completely music that's completely abstract and by mm -hmm. itself and doesn't associate itself with words or images that people mm -hmm. connect yeah uh, with their own lives. Do you think this type of non-linear way of putting things together where you can tell it's a narrative that's being broken up, do you think that's possible with just simply absolute music, just an ensemble? Do you think you'd be yeah. able to, let me put it this way, do you think you'd be able to execute the same idea and have it be as effective as it is now with, without using any type of stage design or without using text, which you're not using text? Do you yeah. think that would be possible? Yeah, of course. I think the music, because uh, actually it's not that I'm not writing music because of these things or because of the stage design or not even because of these ideas. You know, I'm writing music because this is my language. I want to write music. But into my music comes everything, you know, of my personality and what I'm dealing with. But I'm thinking in sounds. And so to me, it should absolutely, they don't need to know anything about it they just should they should just sit there you know just listen without looking it should be not the same but it should uh, it should work i'm not saying it would work as a, a piece of music but the idea of making something like separating it from any type of clear narrative and just yeah. using just using kind of bits and pieces of different quote stories of what you're mm -hmm. having in your head my question still is, is it possible for an audience member mm -hmm. to sit down and listen to that and know that's the principle at play? Or for them, is it just simply a collage of ideas at that point? I think it depends. It depends on the one hand how he would listen to this. I mean, even you wouldn't listen the same than me, although we are both composers and in comp contemporary music scenes. Exactly, so. yeah. And I think also um, I'm writing for the people, but I'm not writing to please them or something. Do you feel like you have an obligation to them? Absolutely. And I think there are also always things they could hold on to in my music. And also I think like art always needs to um to keep this riddle 
you know, you must not always explain everything or even if things were important for me, like reading this book or they don't need to know this even for for ourselves you know this as a composer there are moments where you can't explain it for yourself but you need to do this and you need this sound and it's just i think art needs this you know yeah but it i mean it's not it's basically what you're saying is it's not necessary for an audience member to know uh your starting point of inspiration no absolutely not okay and not even i mean even if i'm writing for voices for example And I did write an opera and everything, but still I think, because sometimes people are, are asking me, um, do you want the audience to understand every word? I, I don't want to, because I'm writing music. And if I want them to understand every word, I would tell them, read the book. So it's not, you understand? So no, even I, if I, I'm, I'm using really words, still I don't, still it's about music. It's not about the words. God, you did write an opera. I remember that. Did it get end up getting performed? What happened? What um, happened it, the... Yeah, it will be performed um, next year, two, 2012, in May in, at the Munich Biennale. But you finished it four years ago. Yeah. So this is strange for me because I haven't heard it now. And now it's it's the premiere of the festival. So it's 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 going to be big. <laughs> so but i i just don't um well it's far away and my aesthetic changed a lot and i not only that i finished it four years ago but the whole concept and everything i made six years ago so this is uh, it was i mean i wrote it between 26 and 28 so so six years later they're they're going to perform it but do you, you feel like because this is always what happens to me because that that happened to me a couple of times but it was only delayed by a year and a half mm -hmm. you know and even then you change as a person yeah. in six years so what, what whatever is happening whatever whatever you were thinking at that time you feel just does not represent you as a person or not completely as a person yeah. not to the extent where if you had written it and then two months later the performance is done or in even some extreme cases you put the bar lines in and then a week later mm. you know they perform it What's that like? Would you ever rewrite it? I mean, no, I don't think so. On the one hand, it's it's too too big to. I mean, I could make a little change here or there, but but also I um I'm not a fan of changes in this way because I can't go back myself to this time, and I have often problems with with older pieces and even with some that are not that old. But I think this is something I. It's important for myself to criticize my own music for myself and to see what, what I don't like and so how close did it come and everything. And this is very important and, and I really, I'm really very strict with myself and not very nice. But I learned to, um, to give, to, to let it go in a way, to let the music go because I still, I have a piece I, I wrote 2000 for myself when I was playing the oboe before, and you know, for this youth competition, Jugend, uh, Jugend musiziert. And so this piece still exists and there are oboists playing this. Should I tell them, no, don't play it? Because I'm, I didn't even study composition at that time. You know, there's a, but there's a big difference between some oboe student playing your piece in his basement and then maybe like at a recital where everybody else's parents show up, you know, yeah. and the premiere piece, at a, yeah. you know, at like a Biennale, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That's the difference. And, a, you know, also like a big opera. On the one hand, it's, um, I mean, I still know what I wanted at that time, more or less. <laughs> so there are still sometimes there are questions. So I'm looking at the score and then thinking, well, <laughs> what was what was this and why did I do this? Um, but I couldn't change a thing really because if I would write an opera now, I'm not even sure if I would write about this again. So... I think the only thing is that that I should trust the mu musicians and trust the people who who have chosen this because it's I mean it it would be terrible if I was absolutely okay with it still you know if I would write the same thing yeah that's what I mean it's like then it's, then, you're then not... something would be wrong so I need to not to want to write this again so if if I would write this again I I wouldn't be a composer anymore you know <laughs> no I mean it's not that you weren't being a composer but I because there are people that do that I mean they don't write obviously they don't write the exact same mm. piece over and over again that's mm. well that would be just a crazy person mm. but the, basically they keep the same style and techniques yeah. what kind of person does that well congratulations that it's a huge you. deal to have an opera you know to have an opera perform yeah, I really worked and also I mean I then uh, I finally I think yeah two, 2007 I got the commission from this Rheinsberg and I'm I'm really Although the whole story was, I mean, with the, you know, with the finances, it was very sad in the end for me. Oh, was this going to be done at the Schloss? Yeah, it was supposed to be done there. Okay. You know, this was the, the case that they had not the money in the end. But um, they, they gave me the commission in the first place. So I was really very happy to have the commission. So I really started to write the opera. And that, um, that was the point also when I decided to not play the oboe anymore. Because I really, I mean, writing an opera, it just it took all my energy. And I sat the whole day on my desk and, and wrote. So tell me a little bit about this. Uh, I can't, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. <laughs> Huketi. It's from Huketus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ha yeah. The, the Hocket. Yeah. Hocket. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, it's about sleeping and dreams. But I mean, this is always... You know, you're telling something and then the critiques say, oh, she wrote a piece about her uh, sleeping problems. But of course, I wasn't. I was writing music. Right. No, yeah, no, but I had also, I had very good reviews also. I mean, and uh, they were the more important because the good reviews were, were like uh, NMZ right. and, and uh, Frankfurter and Neue Musikzeitschrift and so. But of course, it's, you know, like you're happy about the good reviews and, <laughs> and if they are writing bad, well, who is he, you know, or who is she? So just. So anyway, this piece, this piece is about, is about hawking. Yeah. And, um, and so the texts are, uh, by Walter Benjamin, Bert Brecht and Adorno. And it's all about dreams, like reflections about dreams and, um, And so the, so each singer has their own text. So I just, I just combined the text who is saying what. So it's, it's all very, you know, I, I really planned this also that some words came together in some moments or not. So this, this is one line. The, the singing is another line. And then we have these, uh, additional instruments they are playing. That's the, like the, third space and the form of the whole thing it's again something I, I wanted to find a different form for myself 
It's called a hypnogram. It's a diagram of the sleep and the phases of the sleep. Okay, yes. Like I know REM yeah. sleep yeah, and yeah. very deep sleep and light sleep and how it it changes all the time during night and then maybe some sleeping disorders or whatsoever. So so this is the form. It's just a bit bizarre and absurd. Like, like uh, Benjamin's dreams are just... A little bit bizarre. <laughs> I mean, every dream is. Yeah, and this is, is, I mean, for me, it's like, uh, this is how life is. I mean, life is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the reality is absolutely bizarre. And we are always trying to have it normal, but it's not. And I think being honest, just saying it's bizarre. So um, that's why these other forms or these themes are interesting to me.
Okay. 
everything I read about you on your website had something to do with uh, you being Jewish. It was almost like it was really part of your identity as a composer. And I remember you actually analyzing this opera and the text that you were giving me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also the way you were technically breaking it down was you were using these Jewish uh, uh, folk melodies, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. I'm remembering correctly, right? Yeah, the you cantillation did... and everything, yeah. 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 Did you choose to have this as part of your identity? It was something that people grabbed onto? It was... How did this How did this uh, uh, come about? Mm-hmm. Okay, so on the one hand, I am Jewish, but I'm not a Jewish... Com- I'm, I'm maybe a Jewish composer, but not everything in my music is Jewish or something. No, Absolutely actually, not. To, to, I think... to tell you the truth, I read... When I read all the stuff online, mm. I thought it was like the first thing you were going to bring up. Yeah, was the fact that you had, you know, I mean, I'm. It's not that I'm. I'm. I'm glad you. I thought that it was going to come up organically because everything, even the text that I read online, or even the even some of the the libretto to your opera that I remember mm-hmm. was that it just looked like you were very conscious about making it your identity. Yeah, yeah. it's it's part of my identity and so this is it's important to me and but this is the the same like everything of my identity comes somehow into my music so also the jewishness but not only but my my musical education is absolutely like abendländische musik like it's bach and mozart and Mm -hmm. mozart is probably not the most important but um you know it's it's not jewish music but my identity is german and jewish and this is uh, this is a special mi- mixture <laughs> i mean it's because this is probably the difference as an american jew it's completely normal but as a as a german jew uh, you're always confronted with being jewish in a way because it is not normal in this country it's getting better or or jewish life is you know more normal in berlin i i it's it's great being here but still i mean there are all all the policemen before I, I my my son is in the jewish kindergarten and he loves just the police in front of it you know but this is normal for jewish life in germany and so this is i'm like i'm just not only bringing my son to the kindergarten but i'm you know it's just always saying you are a Jew in Germany, you know, because there's the German policeman and then there are not also two Israeli young men j- just in case, you know, you know, never know and you never know about the German police. So they just don't trust them. You know, to, Do they really not trust them? Uh, of course they trust them, but just for being really secure, they want two Israeli guys also. That's the same <laughs> for the kindergarten. Yeah, for the kindergarten, you know. So this is, how could I not think about being Jewish? I mean, okay, but I could not bring my son to the Jewish kindergarten, of course, but, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's part of my identity and in a good way. And also with this, you know, like problematic historical background, it's just there. You just cannot ignore it. it uh, here it's, it's, it's different. In New York, you just can go with a yamulka on the street and nobody cares. Here it's different. It's just, it's not the same. So, um. Do you feel uncomfortable? No, no, I don't. But, but still, I mean, when I was 13 or something, I, I did write a da- Magenda Vid. I, I did, uh, wear a Magenda Vid. Yeah. And it was in my hometown and I, I got beaten by 
by and nobody helped i mean this is just and since then I, i'm careful not to wear this in the public so it's not i mean there are really worse places so i'm i'm really it's great here in berlin and we have kosher shops and everything so kosher restaurants and and i'm i'm religious i'm not orthodox but i'm religious so this is how i grew up it's not more and not less it's just one part of my identity like like reading books or so it has it has but an I, influence but, but i think that's but that's what's interesting about it is that it's really only a fraction of what you are and talking to you now up to this point i can tell but if i do, but for example me coming in kind of not knowing you or really talking to you for an extended period mm -hmm. of time till today i thought it was something that you were constantly thinking about and talking about mm -hmm. and wanting to mm -hmm. it was a lot for in my head it was mm -hmm. a lot more than just a tiny fraction yeah just because of the research i did on you it always came up yeah but this is it's it's on the one hand it's because of the operas i mean it's the the chamber opera and the big opera they both have jewish themes and well i chose this myself and then i studied jewish music and that that was in this time you know the chamber opera i wrote 2005 and the next opera i started 2006 so i was in a way they belong together they they are in the same period so i wrote this um till 2008 so it was a period of three years where i st studied really a lot of jewish music and i had these and it was because of the Uh, themes, the the content of my operas, the the librettos, the texts, it just came together that it was important. And also, I learned um, about some com composers um, from my husband because he did research on Jewish composers and the new Jewish Jewish school that is or was quite forgotten and it's now recovered. And he has done as a musicologist and as a pianist really a great um research and i have he, no idea what the new jewish school is what is that um well he should better explain this but it's um it started in st petersburg with um some composers who wanted to create a specific jewish style in art music it was in the 20th um And later it was, you know, in whole Europe and everything. But uh, of course, because of the, you know, like Stalinism and Nazi time, it, they they had to, you know, like leave and immigrate, and it was all forgotten, or or they were even murdered or whatsoever. And so that's why it was just, you know, nobody cared about this music anymore. But it's 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 like other um, uh, national schools, like. Russian school or uh, like Bartok or you know like the the yeah different national schools they wanted to create a Jewish national school and for me yeah, getting to know these composers better and they're really great compositions and they they did find a special Jewish art music it's really also harmonic and with the you know they they work with cantillations for example of course there are many that did only you know like folk tunes and doing a kind of arrangement but then there were really some very very gifted composers that created this new style and for me it was very fascinating and and i thought what could this mean today and i tried to to find something for myself but it's yeah you're just changing as a composer and now it's more like the whole like 
like the dramaturgy, the form, the border to music theater that is more interesting to me. It's not, yeah, it was it's just time. a, it's just a time, it's just the time. But this is, of course, you are always maybe doing research because then they're like, uh, I'm the Jewish, com Jewish composer and uh, there's this, how do you say, like in a schublade. Pigeonholed. Yeah. I'm, gl I'm, I'm glad that came up because do you feel, do you feel like you've been pigeonholed now? Like it's, it's rare to have uh, a Jewish composer in Berlin. Maybe that's not rare, but what I'm saying is it's something that Germans would pay attention to, mm, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't, I, I don't mean that in a negative way yeah. at all. It's just a type, it's, you know, it's very, it's very, and it's, it's also very natural. easy for I mean, them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's easy, it's easy for, it's, it's I easy I don't blame for them. them for this. It's, yeah. I can understand. <laughs> but do you, but yeah, do you feel pigeonholed? Is that frustrating? It's, yeah, frustrating would be too much, but still, yeah, sometimes maybe a little because then, you know, like people saying, oh, isn't she the one doing something with klezmer music? And then, you know, like, oh, this is the last thing I would do, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just... mean, I've heard all your stuff. None of it comes close to klezmer. <laughs> if that's, you know, if that makes you feel a little bit better. It's Thank definitely you. not. Yeah. And, and then... But also, I mean, the same thing in Dona Esching, it was this vocal concert and there were four female composers. So it was a female composer concert. And this is even sometimes more annoying because I think, is my music female or not? Or And then I'm the young composer. Am I young? I don't think so. I'm at least, I mean, over 30. You know, I just, I don't, I only want to be a composer, not a female composer, not a young composer, not a Jewish composer. I just want to be myself, you know. Do you think it's, do you think you'll be able to finally be seen as that? Eventually? Do you think, is that? I hope is, so. Do, Maybe is, in 10 years, I hope so. Do you think it is more difficult for you to get past that type of stereotyping? Do you mm. think it's more difficult for you to do something like that than me? I never wrote a, you know, I, you know, I never wrote a Jewish piece because of my yeah. last name. People don't even know I'm Jewish. I mean, yeah. I'm not religious at all. I don't yeah. go to the temple or anything. I'm a, you know, I'm a male and I'm white. You know, so so do 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 you think it's do you think I still it's have more, my nose even yeah. if I wouldn't have you no. know? <laughs> it's like people coming. Oh, you have this profile. Thank you. Well, yeah, I, I mean, have, I have a little bit of a Jewish face too, yeah. but I mean, but yours is fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm I'm no, I'm I'm just saying. Do you think it's do you think it's more difficult for you because of this? I don't know. Sometimes I think. As a female composer, it is a little bit more difficult. But what I feel is it's not difficult anymore with the audience. If they are just listening to music, I think they are very open today. It's just sometimes with festivals or like, I mean, they are talking about this, like, oh, it's a concert with four women composers. Wow. But nobody's ever telling you, oh, it's a concert with four male composers, male composers because it's always like this, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just not worth talking about so and this is uh, i just don't like this because it's i mean i am a woman but I'm just writing music do you get frustrated because it's so because it's just males and it's and no not, not i not, like males I mean, no 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 i mean not that oh my god i'm surrounded by male composers all the time this is so frustrating simply because of the fact that you're not a man it means that you stick out more yeah, in a way, maybe this, yeah. yeah. Because I'm really not, and I'm not this emancipation, it's, it's great, but I'm just not 
this damn men or I, I'm not th I'm one of these women, you know, I just, and I don't want to think about this so much. It's just annoying to me. I, I just, I just get that feeling a lot with women composers that it's, uh, the norm is just, it's just like so, so many men yeah. that just the fact that you're a woman means you fit into a theme, mm. you know, all of a sudden your identity can be used as something that ties a exactly. piece together. Even though, like we were saying, that identity is only a fraction yeah. of what you're about. I'd be really frustrated if that happened If yeah. that uh, happened to me. I mean, maybe people do that because I'm American mm. and I'm living in another country, but I don't think mm. so. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you know, certainly I haven't read yeah. anything about me yeah. that uh, suggests that. Uh, well, I think, I mean, I, I can be lucky, like, for example, you know, Samir Odetamimi? the Palestinian composer, like he, he told me that whatsoever he's writing, they are always like thinking about what has it to do with the Middle East conflict, you know? <laughs> and so he's just, you know, and he, and, and, and he, he, he's just su such an impulsive personality and, and he likes drums. And I think because of his family, there was somebody, a drummer, I, I don't know. he's just, you know, he likes, loud sounds and everything and they're just always like oh it's the war or whatsoever and he's oh, oh it's just oh the music God. i like you know <laughs> it's, oh. so i mean like just so uh, we can be lucky compared yeah with this. yeah i mean yeah compared to him do people have expectations from you to do something that's blatantly jewish so i mean speaking of associations mm -hmm. we were talking about associations before mm -hmm. of like seeing the typewriter on mm -hmm. uh stage For even for your abstract, uh, I mean, completely without any type of stage preparation, without any text, I'm talking about just the sounds themselves. Do are people are people looking for a type of Jewishness to grab onto? I like don't know. for for example, mm -hmm. you were just saying about your Palestinian uh, mm -hmm. uh, composer friend mm -hmm. that he just liked drums, but right away they were looking for something mm -hmm. to to make yeah. that association. Did you feel like that the same thing happens to you? Maybe in some pieces, like for example, in these, uh, in the operas, they will. And I mean, there is Jewish music inside this, so they can find something there. Well, but sometimes they will think something is Jewish music and it isn't. And the real quotations, they won't, you know, they won't see them or they won't hear them because I, I usually hide what is most important to me. I hide I'm hiding a little bit, so I guess I guess my my problem is is that people need themes to tie curators mm. need themes to tie mm. concerts together, but you're also completely boxing people in at the same time. You're really limiting people mm. to what they can do and what they can't do when you have a theme, and especially when it has a has like the identity of a woman composer. Are you making it just as a composer? Yeah. And I mean, it's very difficult. I it's mean, difficult, but... <laughs> maybe not as difficult as it is in the States. Yeah, yeah. You know. I think here it's it's a bit uh, less difficult on the one hand because you have all the, you know, you have quite many oh, festi yeah, festivals. Music, tons of new music ensembles. Yeah, exactly. State funding, even though that's drying up a little bit. Yeah, even. and then there are some, um, how do you say, scholarships or yeah. stipendium as a young composer you can get them and the idea of not knowing what's going to happen commission wise year mm -hmm. to year is stressful 
Yeah, you it's know. stressful. You know what, what is much more important actually than having a husband or, you know, sharing the, you know, the risk is for me really the, um, the experience living with my mother and she was an artist and she never, we, we always had problems with money. You know, we never had enough money and, or sometimes she had good money, then she had bad money or nothing. And, but she never, um, sold herself. You know, because she she always wanted to to make her art, and and she's not an even now. You see these paintings; they're all new. She's living here around the corner. She has problems with her uh, with her side, unfortunately. And um, but she's working. I mean, she's just working. She has very few um, exhibitions because she has no connections here, and she's she's older now and in a capsule or something. But she's working every day. And trying to find something new for herself. She needs to change. And this is the necessity, you know, and, and this is more important. And this is the, the luck. So what, what I learned is that it's most important to do what you need to do and want to do. Because for me, everything else would be, I mean, I couldn't imagine even in orchestra that was also a reason. What would I do with the oboe? I couldn't go into an orchestra, you know, being there, like having my Dienste, you know, like uh, I couldn't, if I see someone working at a bank or something, I'm really admiring him, you know, like I couldn't imagine how to do this. Well, there's, or, a, there's a bravery in that too. Like yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, chances are that guy at the bank has a family, so he knows. And I think that's something very admirable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, me too. And so this is why I'm not so... I just wouldn't know what to do <laughs> if I wouldn't do this. So that's just... There's no more to say. I just can't do anything else. <laughs> I just That's the only thing I can do, compose, and I want to do, more or less. And so what can I do? You know, I just need to do this. I mean, in Germany, it's different from the States, for example, because you cannot fall this deep. I mean, there's always some security. You mean, you, you mean when, when, when people, you know, when people Especially fall with, deep I mean, in the States, they fall deep there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they fall really deep and mm -hmm. also with like healthcare and everything. Do, do you feel like the social safety net here? that doesn't allow people to fall so far before they you know they get some type of help do you think that gives them more freedom to be able to choose what they want to do with their life no i think the opposite okay explain to me why you think that because they could think too long about what they would do or not you know in america you just need to do something because if you're not you're just nothing Yeah, but the example I was thinking of is like you said when you fall, you f when you fall in the states, when you you know mm. when you, when you don't do well and you kind and like your life yeah. your life kind of collapses. You know, it, it happens in an intense way. You see people who that you know happen mm. to, but because you know the stakes are so high mm. that it's possible for you to like just be mm. completely broke. But if you know exactly. the stakes are so high, then you're not going to take the risk mm. of being an artist. And, yeah, maybe it's a different. Yeah, because um, in for an artist, maybe you're right. It's you get a freedom here also because of you know the state funding, so you can just write what you want if you want. And in America, I think I'm not so into the scene, but I think it's more they they need to write for for the funding or 
I'm I'm not exactly sure how it works anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of publicity involved. There's a lot of the same group of people going to the concert over and over again. There's not much money. Most people have to have a day job, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have insurance. You know, mm-hmm. but you 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 were saying before that you thought it worked against it. Explain to me how you think it works uh, against it. Uh, maybe maybe the other way around that I. It's it's very I mean subjective. But for example, I have a friend um, who went to the U.S. and he he's doing something with film, and suddenly it everything it worked. You know, and first he was in, in Germany, and then he was in Israel, and he couldn't find his place. And then he says people there are so open, and they you can try everything, and you you would find finally fit somewhere you you need to be creative but if you are you could find a place and here sometimes it can be a problem but maybe not in the artistic way just in the normal life yeah if you are too creative you just don't fit anywhere well i think that's a good place to leave it okay so thank you for uh thank you for doing this thank you do you think i did did we did we talk too much about like the Jewish uh no uh, no it's thing. fine I mean it's it's important it's just not everything but I think mm. people will know that this yeah. isn't everything hopefully yeah. I like to think that the way I brought it up was now people will know why they think it's everything mm-hmm. you know yeah. when it's not okay thank you thank you <laughs>